gripe I have with you is destroying Wawa. This. Who else is gonna pay you this kind of money? And who else needs you that bad? The contracts are getting too out of control. Is. The guy is such a loser. The Couch Guy Sports Podcast. He holds on to that ball. They have another play. They win the game. With Nick Qualia. At one point, you have to go, okay, this isn't working. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's Jared Scally. You guys have, have a terrible coach guys. and a terrible quarterback. You guys can all screw and figure out how to be a real organization. I can't even be mad. Before we get going, please do not forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. This helps us get the show out to as many people as possible. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Couch Guy Sports. Thanks, guys, for listening, and enjoy the show. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode number 110. We've got me like usual. we got Jared. We've got producer Pat making us sound better. And this week's show, we have 98.5 The Sports Subs, Joe Murray. Great interview we recorded before we started the show. Awesome interview. We talked about the Celtics. We talked about the Red Sox sucking right now. We're talking about the Red Sox closing situation. Brutal. And me and Jerry are going to talk about that too later on in the show. And we talked about the Bruins postseason, the Bruins Stanley Cup Finals. So Joe Murray interview, awesome. That is going to be right after the weekly dump. First off, Jared what's up what's up big guy you got a haircut you're looking beautiful yeah so i wanted to to talk about this before the show look so i got my haircut yesterday i'm going to florida this week so i got my haircut and i'm I'm standing (laughs) at a pizza shop after on my lunch break to get lunch to bring it back to work and i'm looking in the mirror and i've got this triangle i noticed this triangle i have this triangle cut into my head <laughs> and it is so wildly noticeable they cut the deathly hollows into your uh your it's head? it's it's crazy it's crazy there's just a straight triangle cut into my head i don't know if she didn't notice or i don't know if she did notice it was just like whatever and i tipped her pretty well too i thought she was it was fun it was a very fun haircut it was very enjoyable we talked a lot and then i <laughs> look into the mirror i've got a triangle in my head hey, did what you are like did you, like, go in there and sleep? Did you, like, sleepwalk and be like, yeah, I want the fade with the hair on the top? And just no. I want you to I want you to look at my hair and go, you know what? I like a triangle right here. Just, you think? Just so this, so I want to make triangle, a statement in Florida. <laughs> this triangle is directly above my ear. And it's just crazy. It's just like – it's just like she either – I'm conv- she had to notice. Like, this thing is crazy noticeable. There's no way she didn't notice. No, she don't, it's called she noticed. And then looked at it and didn't react. She stayed calm in the situation. Good on her. And then she and then she just played it off. Yeah, all right, that's gonna be thirty-five dollars for the haircut, sir. Okay, have a great day. <laughs> Bye. So stupid. It's like it is so wild. Like I noticed it about twenty feet away in a mirror at a pizza shop that probably has to be about ten. Like, that's how noticeable this thing is. One bite, everyone knows the rules, I guess. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, I, I got a triangle cut in my head, shape of a pizza in a pizza shop. So maybe they just thought I was a big fan of pizza when I walked in. Pizza within pizza even, shop. Inception. Even though I ordered a salad. What the what the fuck? Who orders a salad at a pizza I get shop? Sal- I get salads for lunch. Okay? There's only, there's only pizza shops around me. I'm trying to watch my figure. I'm going to Florida. I can't be taking my shirt off. Actually, actually speaking of taking my shirt off, I have the most insane tan lines right now well you're going to florida so you can fix that dude no like it's bad that's i'll send you a picture later oh thanks it looks it looks like well i mean because i can't show it on the podcast 
I legit. You know what? Actually, peep this. That's a tan line. That is like a straight line of red. It looks. It looks like I dipped my arm in red paint. <laughs> that means your shirt stays in the same position very well. I it's was like a, it's like Kevin Garnett's hood on his head. I, that's what I, your shirt is. I took a three-hour motorcycle ride, and that's when it happened. Three hours? What the heck were you on the back of a bike for three hours? Not on the back of the bike. I was on it. That's what that means. You're on the back. You ride a bike. You should know what I mean. The back of the bike? I've never heard that term in my life. I heard that term by everyone who rides a bike. So right. let's get into the weekly dump, huh? Ben Watson will be out for the first four games of the Patriots season after testing positive for PEDs. Watson said that these were substances that he was taking to heal when he really thought that he was retiring for good. So basically, he took these this medication banned by the NFL when he thought he was done with football. But when he decided to return, it sounded like they expected this too. And he warned the Patriots ahead of time, which, I mean, you can't you can't fault him for this, obviously. He's taking these things when he thought he was done. Who cares about the first four games anyway? Come on now. Yeah. I mean, really? Edelman, Edelman missed the first four games last season. So one MVP. Exactly. Dustin Pedroia, this was wild. Dustin Pedroia held a press conference on Monday with Alex Cora and Dave Dombrowski announcing that he had another setback. He says he will be stepping away for a little bit and will be assessing this entire situation. He finally admitted that he will not, he doesn't know if he will ever play again. Bill Buckner passed away from Louis body dementia at age 69. RIP Buckner is obviously most known for around here for his 1986 world series blunder that eventually led to the Mets winning it all. Buckner was also the only player in major league history to never strike out three times in a game. You know how hard that is. You know, how wait, that, that that's is? a, fun, that's a good little fun fact. I had no idea. Only player. I, I'm, Look, I'm pretty sure that's that's a true fact. Did you but fact I know, check this? Like, I know, no, I know he's never struck out three times in a game. But he let a ball go under his legs. So, listen, he's respect the man at least in this episode, okay? <laughs> and he was he was a great baseball player. Like I like oh, I, God, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. Like they just think that he's the guy who let the ball go through his legs. He was a great baseball player, and he played for 22 years. Yeah, that's his career, though. That one play. 22 years of not striking out three times in a game. That, dude, that's like baseball. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Uh, in a bombshell report this week from ESPN column, it's this. This came from ESPN, right? Like this was the original. Because yeah. this this thing blew up. Yeah, this thing was all yeah. over the place. And if you Google it, it's all over the map. Bombshell report this week from ESPN columnist Baxter Holmes. It illustrated all the insane issues that were going on with the Lakers. You guys have to go check it out. It's wild. I think. I think that this column was more damning than the Seth Wickersham Patriots piece last season. Oh God, the Seth Wickersham piece just like bounced off Foxborough. Like it didn't even come into the stadium. Like because no, because half the people reading it were like, this just isn't true. This piece and the Lakers, the Lakers are a mess. Like, and this is stuff that we had no idea wouldn't have even thunk was happening because Jeannie Buss is supposed to be this great owner, blah, blah, blah. She's running that team into the ground, Nick. I mean, yeah, but so is Magic Johnson. I mean, with with this intimidating people uh, speculation that was in this report. Yeah, like, but you got to think hiring Magic was the wrong decision in the first place. Oh, absolutely. Like, what credentials does he have to to make decisions for a team? I put the ball in the hoop. Let's run the team. That's, what, that's like hiring Gronk to run the Patriots. Let's <laughs> let Gronk make all the decisions of trading and running the team and building the next dynasty once Bill retires. Let's just bring Gronk in and do that. Yeah. Can you put pick things up and put them down? Good. 
go spike footballs in the end zone. You're on the team, pal. What's the salary cap? What is that? Ezekiel Elliott shoved the security guard at EDC, which is an EDM concert. A few weeks back in that security guard, Kyle Johnson is now demanding a sincere apology from the running back because he's a big old weenie. And the Bruins and the Blues are squaring off in the Stanley Cup Finals. And as this part of the podcast, the Bruins are currently up one game to nothing. That's going to change by the time this releases. But at the moment, the Bees are up one game to nothing. That was the weekly dump. All right. So let's roll down into the Joe Murray interview. So like I said at the start of the show, the top of the show, with Joe, we talked about the Red Sox closing situation. Very briefly, just because we mentioned it at the top. We had no plans to do that, but we did. Two, we talked to Kyrie, Anthony Davis, Celtics. He actually, you know, he actually had some more positive takes about Kyrie than I thought. Not like about him specifically, but more so about him staying with Boston. So I found that interesting in this interview. And we talked to Anthony Davis. And we talked about the Bruins, Overlook, Stanley Cup Finals, what he thinks broke it all down so here it is joe murray 98.5 the sports up all right welcome in joe murray of 98.5 the sports sub to the podcast i think this is is this number three number two, two? number three two. joe is this number three with you i've been on with you guys a couple of times yeah so i'd say it's probably the third yeah huh. absolutely nick quality can count <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's tough sometimes, but I get it done. Um, yeah, Joe, thanks for coming on, man. What's going on, guys? A lot, uh, a lot going on. We got Bruins, right? Red Sox are sucking again, right? And, uh, you know, oh. the Celtics, you know, we got nothing going on with the Celtics. I mean, it's just nothing going on right now, you know? No. And we can yell at the Celtics if the Bruins do win, even more so. It's true. That closing situation last night with the Red Sox is mind-blowing i went to bed in the ninth i fell asleep before the ninth inning woke up and they lost that was unbelievable yeah guy i i mean it it clearly like fraser's not the guy i thought something would have happened last night just based off like the way they lost it was bad like normally times like that someone's getting you know someone's getting sent back down i think uh, brewer's back up tonight whatever him and his spin rate uh but for the most part (laughs) though like they, they got issues, you know what I mean? They, they they got issues in that bullpen, but Cora doesn't believe so. You know, he he, he likes where they're at. He, you know, he likes the way that they're trending. But, you know, it, it, it really, to be honest with you, it really hasn't been the bullpen, like, as bad this year. Like, there's just been a lot of inconsistencies, you know, with the team all around. Um, you know, they've been dealing with injuries. Martinez missed some time with, with the flu. Moreland's now on the DL. Like, and I just think Mookie's, I don't know. I just, I, I think he's looking ahead a little bit. And uh, I thought contracts going to be a huge issue with this team, whether it was Chris Sale or whether it was Bogarts, but it's the opposite. They got their contracts and now it's like, you know, what, what's really happening here. So yeah, I mean, hey, listen, it's still early, right guys? I mean, they're only a few games, a couple, but five, six games back. So they'll probably be in it when, you know, when it starts to heat up. I mean, this, this series this weekend with the Yankees, is like it's 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 a May into June series. The fact that this could like, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying they're going to, but if they get swept, if they lose this game tonight, and they get swept, they could be back 11 and a half games by the end of this weekend. That is crazy. 
Well, one thing last week, you had Sale and Price and Rodriguez going against the Astros, and you couldn't win one game out of that series, you know? So like it, that, The Astros just look like a monster. Yeah. And now, I mean, the Yankees are, you know, coming along now. So, you know, but just that that's upsetting. But, I don't know, it's still early. I think they'll make moves when they have to. Um, it's just, ugh. Baseball's so boring to watch. That's why last night was so big. <laughs> right? There was no sports. There was no sports on the watch. Nothing. So I'm at 11 o'clock at night. You know, what can I do? And I'm watching the Red Sox in the ninth inning blow it. It was like, this is what I watched all night tonight, you know? It was the worst time to do it, too, because, like you said, there's there's no NBA Finals. There's no Stanley Cup. So everybody's watching the Red Sox, watching them get their asses kicked in the ninth inning. Like, that was the worst night to do it. <laughs> Yeah, it was just it was a it was it was bad all around. <laughs> all right, I wanna I wanna ask you this, Joe. I wanted to talk about with you the Celtics offseason specifically. Obviously, uh, okay. Uh, uh, here's the thing: when people talk about the Celtics offseason, it's all gonna go back to Kyrie. I just want to ask you the general question first. Get out of the way. Do you think Kyrie re-signs with the Celtics this offseason? I I you know I don't know. Um, I think he's <laughs> the absolute biggest chip that Danny has. I don't think Danny's letting him go. I don't think, to me, I don't think Danny Ainge cares about Gordon Hayward or how anybody. When I'm talking about their feelings, you know, he doesn't care about anything. He'll trade if he he'll bring in Rasheed Wallace. He'll bring in any name in the world. Doesn't care what their personality is. If Delonte West, like you know, I mean, they'll they'll bring them right in as long as they can help play basketball. They'll bring a guy like that right in. So I think they want to keep Kyrie. The only thing for me is is that you know Kyrie got a lot of options. The, you know, if you look at betting odds, uh, I'm doing my over under 985 podcast right now, and you know Kyrie Irving's favored to go to the Knicks. You know, and, and then the next team is, uh, you know, Brooklyn, and and a lot of these guys like Durant and everything, the, the Celtics aren't even in the conversation. So for Kyrie, like, let's just get to July 1st and make your decision. But I do think that Ainge is not just going to let this thing go. The guy I'd really look at is Kawhi Leonard. I think he's proven now, um, like. He'll probably leave Toronto, but like they've been interested in him. That's the guy I build around, and I think it's the guy that you can have your young pieces and continue to keep. You know, we'll listen to, to Brad Stevens. That uh, was the biggest issue this year, guys. I think there was a real issue with who's who's the head chief. I think Kyrie was certainly making himself the head chief. Joe, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard. I'm curious. Do you think Danny's got to be shooting himself in the foot and, and regretting not going after Kawhi and risking it at that point? Because now you're seeing what he's doing for Toronto, and it's like maybe we could have just kept him here and won in the first place. Yeah, I mean, you know how these things work. We we thought we heard Jalen Brown for him, but nobody knew what Kawhi was going to be. Remember, he held out in uh, San Antonio, and people didn't love his attitude. Like hey, there was there was a lot there was a lot there. Um, so again, the more the more I look at it, like. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe they're going to try this thing again, but they, they had a chance to get him, and uh, they missed out. All right, let's say hypothetically that the Celtics don't retain Kyrie and he leaves, goes to the Knicks, goes to Brooklyn, whatever he does. Honestly, there's a lot of talk around Anthony Davis. Danny Ainge has always loved Anthony Davis. If Kyrie does leave, do you think Danny Ainge would be wild enough to pull that trigger and to tr- still trade for Anthony Davis? Yeah, I mean, he's probably one of the best assets in the league. I think he'd do it. Um, the thing is, is what's New Orleans trying to do right now? Like, they're trying to get him to stay, play with Zion Williamson. Like, that could be a move for them. Like, hey, stay one more year. We'll trade you at the deadline. Like, that's a play for them uh, that I think could work. But, yeah, I think Danny's going to do whatever he can to make the team better. 
But I do think, guys, we have to be realistic. I think they're going to take a step back. They have to, right? I mean, oh, absolutely. All this way, you know, you thought they were the best team in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to have to take a step back. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe they did have Marcus Smart as the point guard, you know, with Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. You know, I think Rozier is done. I think. But I also think he's an asset. Like, they might do a sign-and-trade with him. But, you know, there's Al Horford sign in. There's a lot of a lot of things going with the Celtics, and truly we won't know until July 1st. Uh, July 1st. Can it be now? I love NBA for agency, but it's also sick hey, because we're, Ky- we're almost in June. We are almost in June. As a fellow sales guy, you know how close the end of the month really is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's switch it. Bruins, Stanley Cup, because we're about – 10, 15 minutes from puck drop as we sit here and record this. And <laughs> this this Bruins team, man, they, except for that first period in game one, Joe, it seems like the rust isn't there. The layoff hasn't hurt them. And this team, you have to be willing to put some money on them the rest of the way because this, this team really hands down looks like the better team, looks like they deserve the Stanley Cup and the run that they've been on. It wouldn't surprise me now at this point if this series is over in five at most six games, the way they out-hustled the Blues in the majority of that game, first game. Yeah, I mean, I, to tell you the truth, I think the Blues should be embarrassed. You know, they came out with a 2 nothing lead and just falter like that in the second and third period and little Tory Krug running around, like, <laughs> around. Out. No, I mean, really, I'm being serious. Like, they should be embarrassed today. So I'm curious how they bounce back in a game two tonight. We were just talking about that on our podcast today. Like, you know, Bruins go up 2 nothing. That's not an easy place to play out there. But 1-1, one, one, and then all of a sudden maybe you get some adversity heading back to Boston. Overall, though, guys, I think the Bruins are the better team. They're just so deep. Like, Sean Corral, like, they're just consistently so deep. And I think Johansson's been really good in the playoffs. Um, those moves that Don Sweeney made, like, here we are crediting Don Sweeney for making a move. But Goyle and Johansson have been outstanding. And, you know, the fact that they have that depth, I think that's what's really been the difference in, you know, defensemen of scoring. It's It's been really good. It's just – it's been a great series. And it's all going to come down to Tuka, guys, right, in the end. And so far, so good. What do you think is just, honestly, you can't go into the head of Tuca, but what do you think has just made Tuca so locked in? Because we've seen, like, me and Jared have just bashed this guy for years because he's gone he's gone on these ice-cold streaks when he's been pretty bad, but then he just goes on these red-hot streaks when he looks like the best goalie in hockey. Like, what do you think? Do you think there's anything that just makes him flip the switch, or do you think he's doing this kind of like David Price last year in the postseason where he was just trying to make everybody shut up? Well, well, I mean, he will have the trump card, right, if he wins. In fact, I think Halak had a lot to do with it this year. Like, Halak was a big part of the team, and, you know, that was a guy that maybe put a threat in the back of Rask's head. Like, wow, this guy's done it in the past. And so I think, he, you know, every year Rask has played 60 games, right? And uh, this year he actually got the rest. He had a thing that he had to walk away from early on this year, the family thing. So, but overall, like, I think the team in front of him, and what he's doing. And listen, they were one game away from losing to Toronto. But you know, the more I look at it, I think Halak really helped him this year. Like, uh, you know, it's going to be like one of those, you know, unsung things. But his addition this year really helped the team. Uh, first line, Joe, obviously we talk about the depth and the fact that they're half the reason why you're winning. But this first line has been so good all year. And most of the playoffs, they kind of finally figured it out and picked it up. Um, this first line needs to be themselves the rest of the series if they want to win. That that's kind of a foregiven conclusion, right? Chief Bergeron's been quiet, guys. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kind of scary, actually. Um, Calm before but, the storm. What's that? Calm before the storm. Maybe, maybe. 
The other thing too is guys, like how many years was it when Bergeron can barely skate in a sixth or a seventh game? Like when he gets to this time of year, he's physically beat up. So, uh, you know, they're talking. I'm sure these guys are all hurt, but Marshan's carrying his weight. Pasternak's carrying his weight. Like, let's, you know, I, I think big star players step up in big, in big situations. That's just it, you know? You know, at the at the end of every series, especially if they lose, it usually comes out that Bergeron's playing with, like, a heart that's in his stomach or something. <laughs> punctured something lung, you know. Yeah, whatever. punctured lungs, broken legs. Like, what he goes through in every series is it's insane. But I wanted to ask you this. You mentioned the depth, and I, I was going to ask you before what you think the biggest key is for the Bruins if they want to end up winning this thing and what's been carrying them this whole time. And it sounds like you think depth. I think that's a good answer. Is there one guy in this depth, not maybe on the first line or second line, that you think has been really big to this Bruins run, maybe like a Sean Corrali or an Achari? First or second line? Yeah, we got that Berger on line. Uh, I think Marchand has just been the guy, guys. I mean, if you look at it statistically, he's one of the top. I think he's up for Conn Smythe. I think think Tuka gets it, okay? I actually put a small wager on it, guys. Uh, for Brad Marchand. <laughs> just a little got, tiny got, bit. Classic. Just a little bit. <laughs> I popped 700. So, um, but yeah, he scored a goal empty netter the other night. And uh, I I think in the end, though, like, that's the guy who's most consistent. And, uh, you know, at the time, he's one of the most criticized players on the team. And this year, I think he's pulled it aside. He's not licking guys anymore. Uh, so, that's but huge. overall, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's the guy I look at, though, like, and I just look at the defensive pair overall. You know, actually, you know who played on Charlie McAvoy, that goal early on in that first, that first, that goal that he had, like that was awesome. Yeah. So I, I want to see a little bit more out of him, but just think of the names that have just come through. Steve Camper, like Charlie, you know, um, Clifton, you know, like all these guys just coming out of the woodwork. You know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been really good. Like everybody's chipped in. I want you to kind of get give me a sense of what your thoughts are about, you know, Bruce Cassidy throughout these entire playoffs, Joe, because he's been, honestly, there haven't been a lot of decisions that I've looked at, and I'm, I will admit I'm not a massive hockey guy, but you look at what he's done, and, and he's coached this team as well as he probably can for the situation he's been in. Um, guys getting hurt, that kind of need to be tested a little bit. He's kind of flawlessly coached them and navigated them through to this point. One thing I'll say is he's been very critical about players. Uh Tuka in particular, he, hey, Tuka, we really needed one of those tonight from Tuka. I'm like, calls him out, but I think they, like, have that discussion, you know? So that's one thing that I've noticed about Cassidy more than anything. Let's not forget, like, he inserted Bacchus. That was a questionable move. I thought at times he got outcoached in the Toronto series by Babcock a few times. But since then, he's pushed all the right buttons. And as much as Cassidy's done it, look at the crew of guys he has. You know, Krejci, Bergeron. Chara, like these guys are all big time, you know, veterans. Rath, Marsha, like these guys, these guys have been in the like in the league and in the thick of things for a long time here. So, like the more I look at it, the guys in front of them have truly been good. All right, that Tory Crew hit in Game One. I just want to get your reaction to that because let me, t- that was electric. That hit. What was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, that, that's what made the playoffs, right? So it's funny. I'm, I'm sitting <laughs> with Dan Lipschatz, one of the other bankroll boys right now, and he he, might, he thinks that this could motivate uh, the Blues in game. St. Louis? This could this – could, they got embarrassed. They got embarrassed. That could motivate them. But I do think that was the changing point in game one by far. I think it means nothing going forward, though. 
I look at that and say, I'm kind of curious. I think that kind of goes the other way, though, Joe, because you look at the way this team plays and, and they play for each other. I think they pick up Torrey Krug and, and jump into this game and go, you know what? He went balls to the walls. He got attacked. Let's go out there and let's, let's finish the series. Because realistically, if they play their asses off tonight, they win game two. I, I'm pretty much comfortable saying the series is pretty much over at that point. Uh, no. I, I, we were talking about this. Seems like everybody is uh, loving the Bruins. And listen, this is this is hockey, guys. I mean, this isn't the Carolina Hurricanes, okay? Like, this is the Blues, who at one point one of the worst teams in the league and have continued to fight back. So, just I, I think it's going to be a longer series. I, I just think it's going to be a longer series. That's all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like when the Celtics won that first game against the Bucks. Like half the guys, half the guys on the sports hub were like, "This series is done. This series is over." I remember Jim Murray specifically was like, "This series is over. This team might go to the finals." And then they get their asses run over for the rest of the postseason. That was, like, that's that's what this team. I feel like they. It's not. It's obviously it's a must win for St. Louis. I think there's there's a crazy stat that if you go up 2-0 in the Stanley Cup Finals, I think it's like 90% of the time or 80% of the time that team ends up winning. But do you, so you don't think that if the Bruins go up 2 nothing, you don't think that this thing is is wiped away in in no. win for the, no. for the Bruins? No, I, I think St. Louis is a tough place to play. I, I mean, listen, like both these teams are here in the Stanley Cup. I just Again, I, unless they found, figured out Bennington, like that, that's it for me. Like they got a good defensive core. They're a veteran. I, I just don't think they're going to go out like that. That's, that's all I'm saying. All right. Then we're going to ask you this. We're going to get a little bankroll boys action right now. If I had to put big money on it, if the, do you think the Bruins win? And if they do win, what game do you think they win in? Okay. So I, I, I went Bruins in seven to begin with. Um, so I'm going to stick to that. So I think the Bruins win in seven. I have them winning the series uh, at minus 160. So $160 gets you 100. So that, I have Bruins winning the series, but if it was five, I'd be I'd be shot. Six, seven, that's probably where it's at. But I think the Celtics. I, I, I think the Bruins. I think it's going to go seven games. Yeah, honestly, me too. I, I was picking Bruins at six because this is. Like this series, if if anything, that first game showed that this series is just going to be a bloodbath. It just seems like they're just going to kick each other's asses this entire time. Wait, you mean the, the series is just going to kick kick butt? Is that what you're saying? I'm I'm saying that it's I I agree with you. I just think this is going to be a wildly tough series. Actually, right now the game's on right now. David Back is already in a scrub, but uh, oh, wow. but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That? I think I mean okay, I think it's going to be an extended series. That's all. I, I will say this though, guys. I want to share this because we're doing our podcast. There, if you listen to Over Under Nine Eight Five, I'm plugging myself. We have a play that in the NBA Finals that I think you'll win money on. Are you telling us that uh, we have so, to listen to so the podcast? I'm telling everybody to, I'm That's telling a big everybody market go, tease. Go, 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 like, go to the site. I'm not telling you what it is, but yeah, I wanted to, it. I wanted to, it. I'll tell you guys off there. How's that? Sound? All right. Yeah, that works for me. All right, well, so we're going to wrap up the interview then because we're going to get that pick. Joe Murray, <laughs> 98.5 The Sports Hub Catches podcast with the bankroll boys over under 98.5 and follow him on Twitter at Joey Murr. All right, Joe, thanks for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. We can get you back on soon, hopefully. You got it, guys. Once again, thank you, Joe Murray, for coming on the show. Again, follow him on Twitter at Joey Murr. Catch his podcast. You heard that tease at the end of the show. And Jared and I, we both heard 
that little tip to gamble on, do it. But you got to go listen to the podcast. 98.5 The Sports Subs over under 98.5. That is the podcast. Go give it a listen. They're recording tonight as we speak. And you can obviously catch them on 98.5 The Sports Up. All right. So let's go into this. Let's talk about the closing situation for the Red Sox. No, I don't want to talk about the Red Sox. Situation. So I, I don't want to really talk about the Red Sox as a whole when it comes to the team. But what I really want to do is talk about the closing situation specifically. Because it was a it was a it was a hot conversation topic all offseason. Craig Kimbrell's a free agent. You know you're not gonna sign him back. The Red Sox were pretty hell-bent that they had the plan figured out, and the plan turned out to be Ryan Brazier and Matt Barnes kind of both doing it. And it seemed to be working for a little bit, but we're at the point now where it's it doesn't seem like it's working, and that's mostly because Ryan Brazier himself is falling apart. I mean, he's my guy. I thought he was awesome last season. Wicked fun to watch. Very big surprise. Pitched in the minor leagues in Japan. Wasn't even like a, like a big-time... Um, Japanese baseball player, but big surprise last season. He was great. He started off this year. Great. Now he's getting his ass kicked Uh, last night, Tuesday, May 28th. The Red Sox go into the ninth inning up three runs. They attacked on three runs going into the ninth inning and they lost the game. It was, um, it's hard to watch. You mentioned that you, you fell asleep and woke up and they had just lost. Like, I wish that was the case. They, I was positive. I was so sure they won. And and you look at this situation, and now it becomes a – it's crazy because the only person I trust is Matt Barnes, which I didn't even think was going to be the case when that season came into play. Um, we had – shameless plug for another show on this network. We had Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub on Into the Triangle this week. And we talked, all the, oh, you just got all the people from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Uh, we're, we're just hoarding The Sports Hub this week. But we talked to him about this, and he just mentioned that basically this whole team just – Brazier might have been a flash in the pants last year, and that's what you're getting, and this is the real Ryan Brazier. Like, that is something that I agree with. Um, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be himself long-term, but in terms of what he was last year, this team sucks. They need a closer. The bullpen's terrible. They need a closer. Craig Kimbrell sitting out there. I don't know why they haven't even gotten – like, why is Craig Kimbrell not on this team yet? (laughs) So, first of all, (laughs) flash in the pants – Flash in the pan. <laughs> it's not pants. <laughs> Keep talking. Just, just skip over that. Flash in the pan. <laughs> Yo, this guy's just a flash in the pants. He's just inside somebody's pants very briefly, but he's going to get out quick. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a common? You get in, you get out? Do your job? Flash in the pan. Um, I'm a little distracted. Sorry, I'm watching the Bruins as we do this. So, No, I mean... So, Kimbrell... I didn't want the Red Sox to go after and make that mistake over the offseason because really you got to look at the overview of what this team has to do. And especially at that time, because there's so many contracts on the table that you're going to have to discuss Chris sale. And this, again, this is at that time, but Chris sale, uh, Mookie bed, Xander Bogars, there's a lot of contracts that are coming up that are going to cost you a lot of money. So it didn't make sense to sign him to what he wanted which was six years, a hundred million dollars, which would have been the most lucrative contract by for a relief pitcher, uh, I believe ever. But I can't imagine he's looking for that now. And we're sitting here in Boston. There's no closer. 
a guy like Craig Kimball comes into that game last night. He probably shuts it down because in the end, a lot of people just like to give him crap. In the end, the guy is one of the greatest closers of all time. He's Not just, the greatest, like his agent claimed he was, but. Not the greatest, but he's, I think he's top three, especially when he was in his prime. I mean, look, if you can get this guy, the problem is he wanted six years. He's 31 years old. That would that would have him on your team until his, his, through his age 37 season. Not doing that. But if you can somehow convince him, especially a one-year deal is preferred, but at this point, if you can convince him to do two years, $15 million, $16 million, Even if it's just the rest just of this year, it. then you figure it out. Like, you need someone for this year, unless you're going to trade for somebody. But we've already seen that Dombrowski just doesn't like to trade for bullpen help with the deadline. Well, they don't have anybody left to trade that's going to well, get you anybody decent. Last year, they could have got somebody decent because they people were going off the shelves last year left and right at the deadline for relief help. But you look Signing at that, Adam Onofino this offseason would have been big. Would, would have been phenomenal. But nope, the bullpen's great, guys. We won a World Series. Nope, you're starting rotation won the World Series. There, big Dave Dombrowski. Bullpen's an issue. They can't get out of their own way. David Price was pitched flawlessly in the rain, cold weather. David Tingle feathers himself, feathers the fingers himself. And then you let that happen. It's just unexcusable, worst loss of the year. And if I'm Alex Cora, it must have hurt to cover Dave Dombrowski's ass last night in the press conference saying that we're happy with our bullpen because you know he's not. If you're Alex Cora, you are fuming for bodies out there, and you you are swimming on a sinking ship is what he's doing right now in that bullpen. Because there's only a few guys in that bullpen that you can actually put trust in, but you can't pitch them every night. No, there's he, one. It's Matt Barnes. There's one. We're, it's Matt Barnes. Uh, Matt Barnes, I mean, I mean, Brandon Workman, Marcus Walden, I'll trust both of them. I know Marcus Walden had a tough night last night, but the guy's been lights out all season. Same thing with Brandon Workman. So realistically, right now, I trust Barnes, Workman, Marcus Walden. Everybody else, Heath Embry's actually been on a little bit of a tear lately, but everybody else, you got this revolving door of guys. There's no consistency. Yeah, Colton Brewer back up today. Uh, like Joey Murray, Joe Murray said in the interview, you got uh, Colton Brewer back up today. You brought up Josh Taylor, a prospect. He's making his major league debut today. You sent down Travis Lakins? Lakins? Like these guys are all over the place. There's no consistency. Might like bring Robbie Ross Jr. back. Like got somebody. Bring somebody back. Where's the lawnmower? Bring that guy back. Yeah, bring the lawnmower back. But Tyler Thornburg, shoot him to the moon. That guy's off the hey, team, or he's at least, at least we haven't seen him. At least we haven't seen him. He's on the IL, which which in baseball terms, he's done. Like this. They do not want to see him pitch anymore. No. Even when he came in, the Red Sox were either down by 10 runs or they were up by 10 runs. Tyler Thornburg is the white flag. Like, he's a white <laughs> yeah. flag. That's oh, literally absolutely. what Tyler Thornburg is. Yeah, we're good. We're done. Let's go home. If the Red Sox were losing and he went in, like, I think he went into a game last week and they were only down by, like, four runs. But once he went in, you were like, okay, this game's over. Flip the <laughs> this channel. game is what's done. On, what's, on, what's on TV? The Bruins on? No. Okay. Let's flip into a movie. Moving on. So the closing situation, I mean, all you can – the best move you can do right now is go sign Craig Kimbrell. I think that is what you can do. And there's a lot of people who don't like that move for whatever reason. Um, if you can get him on short-term – I don't even care if it's a big contract, to be honest with you. I think if you can get him on a short-term deal, one, two years, I think you have to do it at this point. If you want to win, if you want to just punt on the year and just roll with mediocrity for the rest of the year, which, God, I hope you don't, but if you do, then you don't sign Craig Kimbrell and you just keep doing what you're doing because you don't have any help coming. Durbin Feltman, maybe. 
He's got oh, his doors. Dude, he has like off. a six ERA in Double A though. Yeah, he's got his doors blown off a couple times now. Um, in Portland Double A. So, realistically, what's your other option? There isn't one at this point. Craig Kimbrell is the option if you want to be good this year. The problem is Dave Dombrowski doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to build a bullpen. He never has. He doesn't care. He wants his manager to figure it out and manage with the pieces he has. I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to sign Dallas Keuchel over Craig Kimbrell, oh which, we don't, which they don't need. But that's Dave Dombrowski's MO. Let's bring in the big guys and pay the money and see if they can win. Well, you know what? If you're going to pay Dallas Keuchel some money for one or two years, pay Craig Kimbrell for one or two years. If that ever well, happens, this town would crucify Dombrowski. Well, Keuchel's looking for a one-year $18 million deal at this point. That came out the other day. Listen, if you <laughs> if you sign Dallas Keuchel, do my plan over the offseason. You throw Nathan Evaldi as a closer. That's absolutely what you do. You make Evaldi your closer. That'd be the only solution. That'd be yeah. literally the only situation at that point. Not, I would actually be on board with you at that not point. Not a bad solution. No. If so you, maybe if you that's act, another option. <laughs> because there's nobody else I'd want. It's Kimbrell or Bust for the closer. Unless for some reason you bring in Dallas Keuchel, then okay, maybe you figure it out and let Evaldi close. But like, Evaldi's not even back yet. So Just that's a, there's no other options at all. None. There's nothing out there. It's either they want to be mediocre, like you said, mediocrity, or you said, or they go get Kimbrell. It's one or the other. All right. It's gross. Yeah, it is gross. The Bruins are going to win the Stanley Cup, so we can mask it for a little bit more, have another parade in the city. All right, so we're going to have to do a little transition here. We are going to stop recording the show now, but we're going to be back later tonight. So obviously when you guys listen to this, it's just going to be boom, boom, a little transition piece here. But we're going to stop the show now. Bruins are playing right now. And we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about game two after game two is finished because that only makes sense. That only makes sense. We're going to have to stay up late. We're going to have to grind. But listen, we're gonna, we do it. We do it for the podcast. Okay? That's just what we do. That's what we have to do. Did I have to get talked into it a little bit? Yeah, I might have. But a lot of it. We're here. We're here. We're doing it. And I guess we'll be back. Game two. Here's a transition right here. Pat, put that in. <laughs> are, you, are we actually going to keep all of that? Yeah, we should. <laughs> How did the Bruins give up a goal so quickly? All right, so let's talk Stanley Cup Finals. Games one and two done. Next game going to be on Saturday. This is going to drop Thursday. We record Wednesday night. We're recording this after game two. So, okay, let's let's lead it off with game one. Game one kicks off. What's what's the number one question going into game one with the 10-day layoff? Could they shake it? The number could one they, Yeah. Could they shake the rust? And they got – they looked bad. They looked real bad in the first, first period. was bad. The first period was real bad, giving up two goals in that David Pasternak goal behind the net where he just gave it up. Him and Char were on different pages. He gave the puck back to Char. Char wasn't there. Next thing you know, puck's in the back of the net. So you give up two bad goals, but the second period started, and the Bruins turned it on. They looked like the same Bruins that we were watching all season. They looked like the team that hadn't lost the entire month of May. Like yeah. they they were just guns blazing, pucks in deep, full full throttle, like no questions asked. They were the better team and they took it to the St. Louis Blues and and they deservedly won the game because they they played their asses off once they shook the rust off. So like like Joe Murray said, something about this Bruins team that is the reason that they're here today 
And it's the, it's the complete difference from what they were last year. Last year, they were a good team, but they didn't have depth beyond. They didn't have any, they didn't have any line that could score other than the first line. Yeah. They had the first line, they had the second line kind of, but then after that, you knew you weren't going to get anything. It was just praying that you weren't going to get any goals scored on you. This season, totally different story. The first line through the playoffs hasn't been good. Hasn't been great at all. No. It's been the third line, and it's been the fourth line. It's been the addition of Charlie Coyle. It's been the addition of Johansson. And that depth showed up in game one. And that's the reason why you won that game. It well, was awesome. Well, Marshan and Bergeron have been okay. I mean, Marshan and Pasternak have been okay. Bergeron's been gone. Bergeron's been a ghost. Bergeron's been a ghost. Um, which convinces me that there's something going on health-wise because he's never this bad when he's healthy. So there's got to be something that we're going to find out, win or lose after this series. What? whether it be another punctured lung or whatever, um, there's got to be something going on with Bergeron. And you know the team played well, too, because it was like Tuca was just a, Tuca was a non-factor. I mean, he played fine. He played good. That's not taking anything away from him. Yep. But, I mean, in game one, he wasn't a factor. He didn't win you the game. He didn't steal, steal you the game. The Bruins just played better all around, and it looked, it looked to me like St. Louis, they got underneath the lights of the Stanley Cup Finals. They were like, oh, shoot. We're here in the Stanley Cup Finals, and they didn't. They they looked scared. They looked yeah. like a team that wasn't prepared for it. While the Bruins on the other side, they've got veterans who have been here before: Chara, Krejci, Krug, uh, Marshan. They've all been here before. Uh, three of them, four, four of them have won the Stanley Cup before. And I guess technically Tuukka Rask, but he didn't play. <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't good. And he wasn't good back then, so I don't count Tuukka. He was he was the backup coming up from Providence. So I mean, Tuukka Rask was there, but he didn't win. Tim Thomas was the goalie, obviously. Yeah. But it looked like a team who's been there before compared to the St. Louis Blues, who it was a lot of these guys. They were like, oh no, we're here in the Stanley Cup Finals. And it, it was it was completely obvious. Yeah, you could see that the Blues were. I don't know if they were set. I don't guess starstrucks the right term, but they they weren't ready to play. Uh, come come game one, and it showed. Um, we'll talk about game two, which is a whole different story. But game one, the Bruins looked like the better team. They asserted their dominance. Uh, the top line was really the only question mark I had after that game because they weren't phenomenal. You know, Krug had the big hit. Those those bottom six guys played phenomenal and. You know, they're going to – it seems like those bottom six forwards are going to be what win you the cup because it doesn't seem like this top line really is going to play together. Um, even tonight in game two, which we're going to talk about in a sec, they split them up. Like, Backus ended up going to the top line. So maybe a side of what's to come, but I don't think Sweeney uh, – the Sweeney and the Bruins and Bruce Cassidy, all those guys aren't happy right now with that top line. I don't know how you could be. But the crew hit – so, I mean, we're not going to go on before we talk about the crew hit – the Krug hit was <laughs> electric. My God, it was, it was it was out of nowhere. It was the, the best thing about that was who was it? Thomas. It was Rob Thomas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was lined up on the edge of the TV screen. You couldn't even see Crew coming. Yeah. Next, you know this guy comes in like a missile. Yeah, that's the best part about it because obviously in the arena you're there, you can see Crew just kind of like gently skating all the way across and eventually just there. But like on the TV screen, it's just like one moment he's not in the picture and one moment he's laying him out. And then that there was no in between. All of a sudden, Krug was just on your TV screen and flattening him. So that was a motivator. Maybe Joe Murray was right. Maybe it did motivate the Blues in a way. But that hit in game one picked up the Bruins. Krug was pissed off and he was going after the first blue that he could find after that tussle in front of the net that ripped his helmet off that they didn't call. And we saw the chippiness start. Yeah, but you can't. I don't think you should call that in the Stanley Cup finals. And the thing is, 
if you're not going to call that, then you can't call the Tory crew kick. Because because I know there's a lot of people saying that was a completely legal hit, which I guess you can somehow make the argument it wasn't a legal hit. Yeah, it was. He, he Are you charged. kidding me? That was not a charge. What is a charge in the NHL? Like that a was, charge in the NHL is gaining speed, looking for a direct target. Don't even tell. But me he wasn't he was looking for, for a puck. direct target. He was going. Don't even yes, tell he was. me he, he was, was going, going for, for the puck. puck. Don't be that guy. That was not a charge. No, it was. It was like in the letter of the law, it was a charge. It was a penalty, but you're not going to call that in the Stanley Cup Finals. Not a charge. If according to the rule, it's a charge. But we'll go on to game two. So game one, you saw the championship start. Actually, real quick, game one, I was concerned at the start of the game because I didn't. Nobody, nobody up here cares about the St. Louis Blues. Nobody. There's no hatred towards them. Like like San Jose, there was a built-in story with Joe Thornton. With St. Louis, there was nothing. There was David Backus, I guess. But, I mean, do we really care about that? No. no. So there was no hatred. There was no storyline behind it. But these two teams right away, it's. I think it's mostly because, uh, in a lot of ways, these are identical teams. Like, they're, they're both very physical. They can both score. And the only difference is, the. I think the Bruins are deeper. I think they're very identical teams. And they got chippy right away between Edmondson. Who knows what happened with, with Edmondson and Backus? Because those guys were teammates at one point. I have no <laughs> idea what happened with them. Um, but, I mean, it, it rolled over in the game, too. Four goals scored in the first period, beating the crap out of each other to start the game. It was <laughs> game game <laughs> two. Game two seemed like it was going to be an absolute shootout. After the first four goals were scored in the first period, nothing. Yeah, no, there was absolutely nothing for two full periods. Grizzly obviously went out, um, which didn't help the Bruins at all because – Look, they were playing with five defensemen, and the St. Louis Blues knew that. They, they were headhunting. They were going fast. They put all their fast guys on the ice and said, you know what? Just go hit every defenseman you can possibly find, and it showed in game two, 100%. It, it, do you think that should have been a penalty on the Grizzly kit? It was. I don't, I don't think it should have been more than a two-minute minor. They, they explained it on the broadcast if you were watching on TV and not at the game, and, and they basically worded it, whereas like, he turned in a way that he basically opened himself up for the hit. Well, he, he did put his head down. That's the only reason. That's why the headshot happened. Yeah. And he didn't leave his skates, which is the big thing. If no. he leaves skates, then that's a five-minute. It's definitely a penalty, obviously, it was called. But I, I don't think it's worth the five minutes, especially in the playoffs. Um, Now we just pray that he's fine and can play Saturday. I know he's at the hospital, and, and they're just going after tests right now. So that's going to be the big question mark, I think, going into Saturday is can Greslick play? You know, I don't even know if it's – it's really is. I, I love Matt Grizzly. I don't know if he's going to have that much of an effect on this. He could, but I don't really know if he's going to have that much of an effect on the rest of the series. I think if you're going to win this, if you're going to win this series, the offense has to pick up. The first line has to pick up because I mean, I was going to, I've been thinking about saying this the entire time. If the Bruins won that game, that's the hockey gods telling you that this is the Bruins year to win the Stanley cup finals. 100%. Because they did not deserve to win that game. If you're going to choose a team who deserved to win that game, it was St. Louis. St. Louis had more shots. They had more hits. They had more scoring opportunities. They played better hockey, but because you're deep, because you have experience, because you're gritty, that's the only reason why you stayed in that game. And for you and I, who were former and still kind of Tuca haters, he kept their asses in this game. Oh, I'm, for, I'm off that train. For a long time. He made saves that I didn't see him coming up out of, out of nowhere. Um, Tuka Rask is the only player that really played that well in tonight's game. They scored three goals, but I don't even attribute all of them to him. 
Um, he he made some phenomenal saves that made this game even attainable for the Bruins the way they were playing the majority. The best thing about this Bruins team that we that we saw a lot of tonight was that even when they're getting their asses kicked, because physically tonight they got their asses kicked. Like there's no way around that. They didn't. Usually the Bruins are the team that are wearing people down, that are beating them up. St. Louis did the job tonight. St. Louis knocked them down, flattened David back, is punching Tory Krug in the face in front of the net. They really roughed up the Bruins, but that's where the Bruins experience comes in because they're not going to let that shake them. Like St. Louis in the first game, I think the Bruins roughed them up to the point where they were like, oh, shoot, so this is Stanley Cup Finals against the Bruins. Yep, and they punch back, and that's the thing. is like, they, like I think I completely agree with you in the sense of they didn't seem ready for a Stanley Cup Final to lose players. Oh, not at all. They didn't Game seem one, ready whatsoever. All. Game two, I don't think the Bruins were ready for the Blues to push back. And they just weren't there. They weren't ready for the Blues to be in full attack mode. And, the, and in overtime, it didn't even look like the Bruins left the locker. Like, that's how the bad Bruins they were in overtime. Dead. They the might Bruins as well have just said, dead. you know what? We're not coming out. Just have the game we'll see in St. Louis. That That's what overtime looked like. The Bruins didn't even get a shot off in overtime, did they? they must. It, it was all St. Louis. No, I don't even know if they actually showed up. No, yeah, I don't I don't think they even left their own zone. St. Louis might as well have just been running a scrimmage and just, like, put the puck in the net. Now, credit the Blues. They came out. They knew they needed to win that game, and they put their gas the, the gas pedal down all the way to the ground. But the Bruins did not show up for overtime. As much as they didn't show up the entire game, I'm very disappointed in the overtime more than anything else. A very telling thing that I saw tonight was even on power plays, it even on Bruins power plays, it looked like St. Louis had five guys out there because the Bruins offense could not get anything going. They could not get towards the net. The the St. Louis Blues all around, they were just well balanced all night. They were well balanced all night between the defense, between the offense. Like I said, the during of during the power play, the Bruins couldn't get anything going. They could not make any offensive adjustments to get towards the net. St. Louis was shutting them down in every single facet of the game. No, it was, the special teams. it was bad. It was it was full dominance from the Blues. Look, you said it. The, they didn't deserve to win this game by any means. No. At all. <laughs> no. They deserve to win this game. Am I a little bummed that they're going back to St. Louis 1-1? Yeah, but it's also hockey where it doesn't really matter as much. Like, if this is the NBA and someone wins on the road – Oh my God, they're never going to lose again on the home. And there, there it goes. The road team's going to win the rest of the games. It's not like that in hockey. The Bruins can easily flip it and go to Saturday and win game three and be back on home ice. So, like, I'm not worried. Most hockey series do go 1 1 to start a series. Like, the Blues did their job. The Bru- like, they're not down 0 2. It's not the end of the world. In the but- first two series, they went down 2 1, the Bruins. Yeah, 100%. They haven't led 2 1 at all the entire way. So, honestly, do it again. Wouldn't surprise me if the Bruins if the Bruins lose Game Three and win the rest out and still win uh, in six. That wouldn't surprise me either. But you know, this game, this series is far from over, and um, which is unfortunate. But if they won tonight, it would have been a whole different story. I've been I've been saying it since the start of since we knew that the Blues were coming to town. Six game series would not be shocked if it goes seven. This is going to be a hell of a series. People are getting beat up. Like this is this is. I don't think last year's finals were anything like this. This no, is a physical, mean series. These two teams don't like each other. Well, that's the thing is, it's crazy they don't like each other already because they don't, they don't really know each other. They don't play each it's other like often. Three minutes. It's been three months since they've played. So, it's been three it, minutes since yeah. they started. 
Yeah, they, they. I don't know why they don't like each other, but it's okay. They don't, and it's great. It's good for us. But you also have to remember out there, people, they're coming off, what, a two-and-a-half-month trek through the playoffs to now end in this physical of a battle. These guys are beat up. They're dead, and they're they're pushing their bodies to the limit. So it might. I think this is going to slow down before it speeds up in the next few games. This, it, you, you might have a one nothing to one game in the wind in St. Louis. All right. Game three, I believe it's on Saturday, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Game Indeed. three on Saturday. Indeed. This is going to be a wild series. So, that's it. I think that's it. It wouldn't be surprising if they come back to Boston tied 2-2. Oh, not at all. Not at that, all. It, it seems like that's what we're destined for. We wrapping up? We wrapping it up? Put a bow on it? It's done? All right, so next week's show, I don't know if it's going to drop Thursday or Friday because I'm on vacation through Wednesday night. I am not going to be down to do a show on Wednesday night because I'm not going to know what's going on. So we're going to talk about that. Could be Thursday, could be Friday, but that's we, it. We can have the people vote and decide what night we record. Just put it out there, see what night they want to make old Nikki Qualia get on, get on the microphone. Oh, no, I'm choosing the night. I'm Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 110 in the books. Guys, follow us on everything Couch Guys Sports and like us at Couch Guys Sports, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Follow the podcast, Couch Guy Podcast. Again, that could be wrong. You're <laughs> forgetting to check that. But I believe it's at Couch Guy Podcast. <laughs> And then rate and subscribe on iTunes like usual. Guys, go to the store, buy some things, support Couch Guys Sports, and obviously check out the site every single day for brand new articles and blogs. Jared, that's it. That's it. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 110 in the books. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.